Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. Hello, and welcome to episode number 280 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Super excited to be here. And listen, before we get started, if you have liked the show, if it's helped you in big or small ways, I would be so grateful if you took a moment to leave a rating or review wherever you listen to the show, but especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts. It really does help to grow the show and get this show in front of more women just like you, which I am just so, so eternally grateful for. So if you haven't left a review, all you have to do is scroll down on the podcast player that you're listening on, look for the stars, tap the stars, and then if you have an extra 30 seconds, 60 seconds, leave a quick review. I read them all. I am so appreciative of everyone who taps the stars and leaves a review. It just really does mean the world to me. So thank you. Thank you in advance. All right, one more piece of business before we get started. Next month, I'm hosting a Worthy and Love podcast tour. Now, during the course of the tour, which will be about three weeks, each day I'll introduce to you a new podcast I think you'll love, and that host of the podcast will be sharing an episode all about the theme of the tour, which is feeling worthy in love and relationships and in dating. So if you're looking for a more great podcast to add to your queue on the topics of relationships, love, spiritual slash personal growth, this is a great way to get some curated shows that I recommend. So to sign up for the tour so I can let you know which podcast is releasing their episode when, then head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash pod tour. All right. So let's get into this episode. I'm super excited. So if you've been listening over the last few months or so, you may have noticed that I'm talking more and more about pop culture and just our culture at large, because I really do think that it has a huge impact on our relationships and our love life. You already know if you listen to the show that I believe our family of origins deeply impacts how we view the world, ourselves, love, what we deserve, what's possible for us, all of those things. 
So for example, if you felt like you had to walk on eggshells growing up, you didn't want to rock the boat out of fear of parents' wrath or their anger or what they might say, then that might have created a wound as an adult where you keep playing out that pattern. So you're in relationships where you walk on eggshells and you never ask for what you need or what you want or what you think or what you feel out of fear of rocking the boat. So these patterns will continue themselves until you do the work to heal the wound and then clear the pattern. I also believe, though, that pop culture and really just society at large has a massive impact on relationships. And this can actually complicate the inner child healing process. Sometimes it can help the inner child healing process, depending on what you're exposed to. Now, if you're trying to heal the wound around feeling worthy of love as you are and not having to quote unquote earn it, for example, but then you consume a bunch of movies or TV shows or commercials that tell you in subtle ways that you aren't good enough or you have to be pretty or you have to be skinny or you have to be whatever, then it's going to make your inner child work that much more challenging. Not impossible. It's just another piece of the pie to take note of so that we can work through it so that you can release the pattern and attract in a new kind of relationship. Now, that's why I think it's so important to look at the world around us, because it affects other people's perceptions of women, men, relationships, love, sex, etc. But it also affects your perception. For example, if you are straight, there's a good chance you want a man to pay for your date because that's what they do in the movies. That's what society tells you is appropriate, is good. You can't convince me for a second that's biological. That is something that is deeply ingrained in us that we have learned both probably from family of origin and also pop culture. Anyways, what you see in the world around you can enforce beliefs and normalize power dynamics, even unhealthy power dynamics, particularly between men and women. And increasingly, I've noticed ways where emotionally abusive behavior from men is described as romantic or written off as, well, he was just hurting. So for example, this is, I think, a trope that we see all the time in movies, commercials, all that kind of stuff. A man who relentlessly asks a woman out until she finally says yes. How often have you heard this story? I was just watching When Harry Met Sally. Remember they interview like all the old couples throughout the the movie. And there was one old couple, if memory serves me correctly, where the men and the relationship was just relentless in asking this woman out. And that scene is, oh, that's so sweet. That's so romantic. But like when you really think about it, Was that him repeatedly crossing a boundary? Maybe him not listening to the other person's request, maybe even being a bit stalkerish. Or a girl will come home and tell the teacher or tell her mom or parents that some boy is mean. And what's often the response? Oh, sweetie, that's just his way of liking you. So I I think we have accepted men's crappy behavior as romantic or, oh, that's just, you know, boys being boys or men being men. That's really fucked up. It's really messed up when you when you really think about it. So today I want to talk about another common storyline I see. A man who's been rejected and then because he's feeling hurt, engages in gaslighting, manipulating, and or emotionally abusive behavior, and it being written off as, well, he was hurt, or even trying to blame the victim of this behavior, you know, as not saying or doing the absolute correct thing in the moment. And what I'm referring specifically to is the fallout between the most recent bachelorette, Katie, and the third place, I guess, person, uh, which is Greg. Now, I'm going to dissect that breakup because many, 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 many women watching it 
according to social media, defended Greg as someone who was hurting because he felt rejected because Katie didn't say the right thing. And I think that goes to show how normalized emotionally manipulative behavior is, especially when it comes from a man and even more so a white man. And it's important to point this out because if you're in a situation like this, you may begin to question your sanity, wonder if you really are this horrible person or whatever they're making you out to be. Or you might even think, well, this is just how it is. Relationships are hard. They take a lot of work. And then you just try to justify how you're feeling or brush it on the rug or something along those lines. But if you can pull yourself out of your specific situation, and yes, look at the bigger picture, but also see some examples of patterns of behavior you might be experiencing, but not within your own life. My hope is that it'll help you to identify shitty behavior and take appropriate action when and if it does happen to you. Now, I will say, to my great disappointment, (laughs) it seems like a lot of women in this community do not watch The Bachelor or Bachelor adjacent shows. I totally understand. Save yourself. Don't start now because I am deep, deep in the pit. I don't know if there's any getting out of it. But anyways, the good news is that you do not need to have watched this season or even this episode I'm referring to to follow along here. I'm going to set up the situation for you and read back the key dialogue and break it down for you so you can see signs of gaslighting and emotionally manipulative behavior. Because the whole point of manipulative behavior is that sometimes it can be hard to see. It's manipulative by its very nature. But when you can spot a situation outside of your own life, emotions you know, usually are running a lot less high. And so it's much easier to spot it if it happens in your own life. And that really is my goal for you. I also wanted to highlight this exchange because I can't overemphasize how normalized Greg's behavior was and how subtle it was. If you don't know what you're looking for, this is not a case of him calling her a bitch or being mean or being aggressive physically, at least in any obvious way. Now, if you do watch The Bachelorette or The Bachelor, you might remember a few years ago, Hannah's season, there was the villain, uh, Luke P. That was much more aggro. That was much more obvious in the emotional manipulation and gaslighting that he was doing. And so it he, he was the villain, right? But this is different because he, Greg is not casted as the villain here by any stretch. I think, in fact, he was trying to be given a Bachelor edit by producers. And I've heard rumors that he might actually become the freaking Bachelor, which is mind-blowing, especially after I break this down for you and you see, like, how fucked up this is as well. But that's why I wanted to point this out because it's really subtle and it's not obvious if you don't know what you're looking for, but, like, it's it's truly, truly messed up what he is is doing here. What he was doing is he was using love and he was using boundaries against her in an incredibly manipulative way. So there are lots of rumors around Greg going to acting school and what his real intentions were. Was he acting? Was he just trying to get a bunch of followers? Was he trying to be The Bachelor? All that's hearsay, all of it's gossip. I'm not really interested in that. Well, no, that's a lie. I'm definitely interested in that. But from a guilty pleasure perspective, not from the perspective of what I'm trying to do in this episode for you. So I'm not talking about that. If you do have opinions, you're more than welcome to DM me about it on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant. I would love to talk about those things with you. But for this episode, I'm just going to focus on what we can actually see in the show. And I'm going to break that down for you. So you can hopefully get a really good example of very subtle, manipulative behavior. Like I said, if you don't have to have watched this season or this episode to follow along here, but if you do, if you do just want to catch this one little clip that I'm going to be talking about, I'll tell you how to find it. Um, If you're listening to the show before the next Bachelorette season comes out, then Katie's season is still on Hulu. So if you have Hulu, 
If you don't, I think you can do like a seven day trial and just watch this one episode and then, you know, cancel it or whatever. Uh, But it is episode nine of season 17. So it's Katie's Bachelorette season. You can either watch that whole episode if you want. But if you want to start watching where the this exchange that I'm talking about is, it starts at about the 50 minute mark. Um, Katie and Greg are sitting on a couch. So when you see two people around 30 talking to each other on a couch, Uh, in a hotel looking hallway, that's where we're starting. And this goes until about nine minutes left. So it's about 25 minutes or so of an exchange. Now, if there's already a new season of The Bachelorette, this may or may not be on Hulu. I have no idea what the streaming will be, but you will be able to most likely watch it on Amazon. Uh, You might have to pay for the episode. I think usually it's a dollar or two per episode. So like if you're really into it and you want to watch it, be my guest. But again, you don't have to in order to follow along on this episode. If you do actually watch it ahead of time, I I do encourage you, and you know, unless you really want to listen to this episode first, I do encourage you to watch the show first and then come back and listen to this. Just kind of test yourself and just get curious. Like, did you watch it and kind of take Greg's side or did you watch it and kind of think, what the hell is Veronica talking about? Like in terms of gaslighting, I didn't see it. Or did you watch it and you're able to spot it? You can kind of just test yourself if you want. Again, that's all optional. Uh, so pause here if you do want to do that. Otherwise, we're going to get right into it. Okay, so first the setup. So for those of you who have no idea about The Bachelorette, The Bachelorette is a spinoff of The Bachelor, where there is one woman and about 30 men or so. And the premise is she dates all of these guys to find her husband. And ideally, the show ends in an engagement. And then at some point, maybe, but most likely, maybe not, they get married. Every week, she hands out roses to men she wants to stay and get to know more until at the very end, there is one man standing. Now, at the point of the show that I'm talking about, Katie is down to her final three men. So these are like, quote unquote, real relationships. They have real feelings towards each other, all that kind of stuff. And the guy I'm talking about is Greg. And since the very beginning, he's been the obvious front runner. He got the first impression rose and he always gets all these dates and all this time and this good editing. So she likes him. The producers obviously like him because he's getting good edits, all that kind of stuff. It's very, very obvious that he's probably going to win this whole thing. Now, they're at the point of the season when there's four men left. They will do what the, what is called hometown dates, where Katie will go and meet the finalists' families. And um, there's some drama along with that. Won't get into that. But anyways, she's at the hometown date with Greg. So she has just met a few of Greg's siblings and maybe their spouses, I don't remember, and his mom. Uh, And it was a good hometown date. They seemed to get along. They really hit it off. There was lots of emotions. Greg had recently lost his dad in the past few years. And so there was just like a lot of emotions, a lot of, I guess, bittersweetness, you might say, because obviously everyone was missing him, but like very happy that he had found Katie and that he seemed to be in love, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so that's the setup. Now, during this whole date, there is the first red flag. Now, I don't think this is a red flag in terms of like, uh uh-oh, he's being emotionally manipulative or gaslighting, but he is certainly creating a situation where gaslighting or emotional manipulation can happen. I don't think he's doing this purposefully. I don't think he really understands what he's doing. And I think that's because it's so, so common. He is basically putting his happiness on Katie. You know, he tells her, he tells his mom, he tells, I think it was his brother or something who was there, that basically he hasn't felt happy since dad died and he met Katie. Now he feels happy. And at one point, he said that she feels a hole in his heart. 
Now, listen, in healthy partnerships, you do support each other in emotionally difficult times. Ideally, you do want your partner to make you feel happy. If your partner makes you feel like ass, then we've got a problem here. But your partner isn't your therapist. And especially in heterosexual relationships, women often take the emotional burden of the men they date in the form of being their therapist or their mother. And that's not a relationship. That is an unhealthy dynamic of two people probably playing out old stuff, right? Like Greg has this, you know, as he said, hole in his heart. He obviously has this deep pain, this tragedy that happened for him. He's not dealing with it. So he's playing that out with Katie. And I won't get into how I think Katie's approaching it. Um, Actually, I will a little bit. Uh, But anyways, so that's a very common dynamic and a very common setup. And because um, a woman can feel very needed in that kind of dynamic, it can feel very good and it can feel like love. And it can also be mistaken for true vulnerability because in this situation, your partner might cry a lot. They might show a lot of emotions. They might confide in you. And so it's like, oh my God, this is a beautiful relationship. Da, 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 da. Look at all of this. But like the truth is, is that it's not this equal plane. It's like, you're healing me. You're saving me. And so he thinks he's being vulnerable, but he's really just looking for her to fill the dad-shaped void that he just revealed to her. And whether he realized it or not, he needed her to make himself feel whole. And ultimately, he's setting her up to fail. Again, I don't think he's consciously doing this, but he's setting her up to fail because she was never going to be able to do that because he's the only, and look, like this is bringing in a whole conversation around grief I won't get into. Like, will he ever feel the same again after losing a father, especially relatively young? Because he is in his, I think he's in, uh, I think he's like 27, 28 or something. You know, I, I don't know. That's, that's for someone else to say, certainly not, certainly not me. But what I do know is that your partner certainly can't make you feel whole again. And so he was setting her up to fail. She was never going to be able to make him feel ultimately how he needed or wanted to feel because your partner can't do that for a parent who has, you know, passed away and and there's grief around that. Uh, So again, you can be a support system for your partner. You want your partner to make you happy. And ideally you make your partner happy too, but you're not the sole source of happiness for each other. And that's really what at least Greg was setting up in his relationship with Katie. Now, at this point, the date with the family is over and it's just Greg and Katie talking on the couch. And this is where, you know, if you do want to watch the episode where I'm talking about, you start again, if you want to watch the whole episode, if you want to watch the family part, you can, it's a little cheesy, But hey, isn't The Bachelor a little cheesy? So if you like cheesy stuff, you'll love it. Anyways, so Greg is basically pouring his whole heart to her, telling her that he hasn't felt happy since her, hole in the heart, blah, 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 blah. And I do think Katie somewhat botches the next part of the conversation. But I I think there's a couple things going on. I do think there's some editing. I do think they edited out what she really said. Because again, I do think the producers were trying to make her look bad so that they can make him look good and then be the next Bachelor. Um, But I also think, I actually do think Katie's pretty emotionally intelligent. And so I think she was being like, whoa, dude, (laughs) that's a lot of pressure to fill the hole in your heart. So she responds to this moment when he's like crying and just telling her all this stuff. She says, I just love looking at you. Uh, Yeah, definitely not like the response he probably wanted to hear. But again, for the reasons I just stated, I think she was just like, holy shit, I got to get out of this. This is not a good situation. And also, I do think whatever she initially responded with um, was edited out. If you look at the editing, which again, I am way too deep in the pit with The Bachelor, (laughs) there is definitely some editing going on here. So 
If you're in a relationship or have been in a relationship where you know someone is filling a void for you, I strongly recommend you to get out. Yes, way easier said than done. And you may need the help of a therapist or a coach to help you do that. Because when the void feels empty again, it can be really, really painful. And you might even be aware of how painful that is. And that may make it even harder to get out. Now, if you're in or have been in a relationship where you feel like you're filling someone's void, That in of itself, make no mistake, does not mean it's an emotionally abusive relationship, but it certainly can set the groundwork for that because it's just a way in which a power dynamic can be established. Okay, so let's get back to the episode. They're talking on the couch. Katie just said, I love looking at your face. And as soon as she said that, again, there's a little bit of editing, but like his tears dry up and you can just see on his face like he just turns cold. Um, He has shut down. And Katie immediately senses that and she's trying to get him back. At this point, while it's abundantly clear that Greg has a lot of stuff to work through and he's unfairly putting a lot of that on Katie, and I do think he's being kind of an asshole about it, I don't think, you know, in this part of the exchange, you could write it off as being manipulative or gaslighting or abusive. I just think he just shut down because he didn't get the response that he wanted to get. And he's just being a little bit of an asshole. And again, if you watch this, you can see like his face just like, oh my God, it's just It's crazy how much it just went stone, stone cold. Anyways, but because Katie didn't say I love you back or give him anything like that in return, he's shutting down and he desperately wants to hear it. Now, in an actual relationship, when you're not on a reality show, of course, this would be an issue in a relationship, right? Like if you were to say I love you to your partner and the other person says I love looking at your face, (laughs) then, you know, you might be in a little bit of an issue or if the same thing happened in reverse. Again, I could certainly see and understand how that would be an issue in a relationship. But this is The Bachelor and he knows what he signed up for and he's not the only man left. And Katie has stated that her boundary is that she is not going to tell any of the guys she has remaining that she loves them until there is only one person left. And I need to remind you that there are three. That's Katie's boundaries. You don't have to agree with them. Greg doesn't have to agree with them but people certainly have to accept them. And this is 100% true, whether we're talking about platonic relationships, family relationships, romantic relationships, you do not have to agree with them. Your partner does not have to agree with your boundaries, but they have to accept them and you have to accept theirs. Um, And if you don't want to accept them, that's totally fine. You're allowed to not accept a boundary, but that just means the relationship might not work. Uh, For example, CB is a huge napper and that's a boundary. Like he wants to nap on the weekends. Um, you know, not all day, but he certainly wants to get a good nap in. And I guess it's not as big a deal now because, uh, you know, Marshall takes naps. And so, you know, there's nap time built into our schedule. But I used to always want to go and just do things. I don't want to be at home freaking napping on the weekends. But it was a boundary for him. And I don't agree with it, but I accepted it, right? And I could have chosen to be like, you know what, I don't want to be with a napper. And I could have chosen to end the relationship. But to me, I just for me, it was like, okay, I'll accept it. So again, Greg can choose to not accept this boundary. And that is his right. He can be like, you know what, if I'm going to potentially propose to someone, I need to know how they feel. I need to hear the L word first. Again, totally reasonable. And if he doesn't agree with that boundary, then he just has to exit the relationship because there's just simply a boundary misalignment. And that's cool. No big deal. And he does eventually leave the relationship and the show, but not before he does a little bit of manipulation and gaslighting first. So basically, this conversation, it just keeps going nowhere. Katie tries to reassure him, ask him to trust the relationship. Greg is basically like, I don't know how you feel. This is really hard. Da, 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 da. It goes back and forth. I'm not going to go through that dialogue. Basically, it doesn't go anywhere. 
the date ends and there are a few other things going on in the show. Greg talks to someone else who's the finalist. Um, I think they do like some shots of like birds or animals. They tend to do that on The Bachelor. And then what looks to be the next morning, but I think based on what they're saying, it's actually a couple days later. Greg goes to Katie's hotel room and knocks on the door. Now, if you don't watch The Bachelor, you know, you have designated time to be with each other. These are called dates. When a contestant goes to knock on The Bachelor or Bachelorette's door outside of a date, then you know it's like a uh-oh kind of thing. So like, of course, they have the music going and it's getting faster and it's dramatic and da-da-da-da. So Greg is walking to the door, he knocks on the door, and you know it's not going to be good. And here's where I want to get a little bit into the dialogue, because here is where some massive gaslighting and just emotional manipulation takes place. So they sit down in her hotel room. Katie says, you seem nervous. Greg says, what do you mean? Okay, I'm going to pause here. Sign number one, someone who is trying to manipulate you will often respond to your questions with questions. This deflects and distracts from the issue at hand. Greg and Katie definitely have issues and communication to work out, but by asking questions to deflect, it gives him the power in this exchange because a healthy response, you know, Katie says, you seem nervous. And Greg says, yes, I am nervous because da, 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 right? He could have been an adult and said what he felt and asked for what he needed. But instead he goes, what do you mean? And that gives him the power and gives Katie the position of having to basically like tell him why she thinks that, which is just like a really condescending, patronizing thing to do. So Katie continues. She says, I don't know. You don't seem comfortable. You don't seem happy. And then Greg seems to nod his head in agreement and says, you seem fine. And again, for a lack of a better phrase here, he's loading the gun here to gaslight. He's building his case here. You hurt me. I'm the victim. You are fine. And look at me. I'm not. You did this to me. And the thing I want to say here is that in a relationship, no one gets to tell you how you feel or what you think or what your intentions were, because that's really related to what you think, period. It's a non-starter. In fact, in my relationship with Stevie, if we are arguing, that's just a no, like, that's just like, we don't call each other names and we don't tell each other what we're thinking, what we're feeling. I mean, I tell him how I feel or think, and he can tell me how he feels and think, but I don't get to tell him what he thinks or how he feels and same because it's just, it's, it's a non-starter and you are not going to get anywhere. The fights will just get nasty. And then depending on the relationship and the person, it can certainly turn into some emotional abuse, manipulative, gaslighting kind of behavior. So Katie responds to Greg basically saying, you seem fine. And she says, I'm just holding my breath because I have no idea what you're about to tell me. It scares me. So he's already succeeding in this. So far in this conversation, he has the power. He has her exactly where he wants her. You know, he has the ball completely in his court and she's like, oh my gosh, please don't hurt me. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. Can you feel that power? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Dynamic. Okay. So moving on, this is where Greg really unloads. He says, on our date, I, you know, told my mom that you were the one. You know, I was telling my entire family that. I truly felt it in my heart. And when I expressed that to you, when I expressed that I do love you, I felt like I was just telling that to a stranger. I don't know why. I don't know why. This whole entire time has just felt like Katie to me. But that night, here I was thinking I was expressing my love to my future wife, and you didn't even feel it. You just dismissed it in my eyes. Okay, so this is the basis of his argument. And again, he's allowed to be hurt based on how she responded. He's allowed to have felt like he didn't get what he needed or wanted. You know, he's a human. He has needs and desires and wants, and they're just as valid as anyone else's, even if he is an asshole or an actor or whatever. Uh, But he's allowed. And this statement alone isn't glaring. But when he starts to gaslight is when he leads her to believe that she has been one way the entire time. And then all of a sudden that one night, she was so different. She wasn't Katie. She was a different person. And this is when the reality distortion starts. Because as the rest of the conversation goes on, you can see Katie literally tried to remember that exchange. Like she's like literally putting her hands like on her temples, like, what happened? What happened? Oh my gosh. Like, like she has no recollection or really any idea of what he's talking about, but she's taking his word for it and she's doing her best to remember. And when questioning one's sanity or one's memory of events starts to come up, then you are in gaslighting territory. When you start questioning your intuition, your version of events, your sanity, you are probably being gaslit. You can literally, like I said, you can literally see on screen Katie trying to remember what happened. And it's just really upsetting to see. It's it's upsetting to see this exchange, but what's really upsetting is how ABC is spinning this as romantic, this hurt, you know, poor sweet man or whatever. And I think what's really disturbing and if you haven't watched the whole season, you wouldn't know this. So I'll just tell a bit now. This whole season, you know, whenever they do the Bachelor Bachelorette, they always give like different contestants and relationships, different kind of vibes or stories. You know what I mean? And so they gave Greg and Katie the rom-com edit. You know, he kind of looks like he's from a rom-com. If you Google what he looks like, like he just looks like, actually, he looks like the older brother in Boy Meets World, like with his haircut. That's what he looks like. But he definitely looks like the rom-com kind of guy. And so I think they were just kind of giving them that storyline and that edit. And then they wanted to have like this like brokenhearted guy, you know, rom-com ending to the season so that they could set him up for a bachelor. Um, And yet like the edit or the heartbroke edit they're giving him is like him gaslighting. It's just, it's, it's, it's really messed up. Anyways, I I know I keep saying that, but I just can't believe it. Okay. Moving on They talk a bit more. And here's where Katie states her boundary. The one we just talked about where she says, she's not saying I love you until there is only one man left. That's her boundary. Again, he doesn't have to agree with it, but if he wants to be in the relationship more, he has to accept it. Greg says, I understand there are other guys here. You didn't even acknowledge what I said to you. Now here, yes, at least in the way it was edited and shown to us, he has a point. She could have given him more without crossing her own boundary. But here's the thing. 
Healthy, real love is a state of being. You can deeply love someone and also be very angry at them. It's not a faucet you turn on, then you turn off based on someone else's behavior. You don't withhold it as a power move. And this is exactly what Greg is setting himself up to do really throughout this entire exchange. So if you're in or have been in a relationship where love is being withheld from you because of quote unquote bad behavior, or well, if you don't do this, then you don't love me or something along those lines, you've got to get out or at the very least make a plan to do so. And again, I know that's easier said than done. And depending on the situation and the relationship, you might need help to do that. And I really implore you to get the help that you need to get out of that relationship because that is not love. Greg does not love Katie. Greg loved the way Katie made him feel by filling the void of his father's death, but he hasn't done that work himself. And so she filled that void for him. That feels good. He's mistaken it for love. But when he didn't get the response he needed from her, he felt unsafe. And so then therefore withheld so-called love. Okay, so some more gaslighting. Greg says, this is real life. This is real life. This isn't like you told me you already told my family I'm getting a rose this week. Like bleep the rose. Obviously it wasn't bleep. I don't give a bleep about the rose. I was just telling you, you filled a hole in my heart. Kind of using that again as like, that's a romantic thing to say, except that's, you know, as we've discussed, a really messed up thing to say. Okay, but here's the thing, dude, you're on The Bachelor. Of course, you give a bleep about the rose. This is classic gaslighting. They're on The Bachelorette. Even if you don't watch the show, everyone knows. Will you accept this rose? Everyone. Of course, the fucking rose matters. Of course, there may be deeper feelings underneath the rose. But come on, dude, it's the fucking Bachelorette. But now he's using that against her. This is making her question herself as a person. Shit, was it just about the rose? Am I shallow? Am I a bad person? That is gaslighting. A real life way this plays out is, let's say you and your partner agree to go on a walk every evening after dinner so that you can connect and just have some time out in nature, just the two of you. And then later he uses that against you by saying, I never wanted to go on the walk because that was all you. This is how you smother me or whatever. That's not really the best example, but like basically if you and your partner create an agreement and then all of a sudden you, they use that against you, that's gaslighting. And again here, Katie continues to apologize. And she just said, I was just trying to, to listen more. She doesn't even know what to say. She doesn't know what she's apologizing for because he's just twisting this so much that she's so confused about what she did wrong. And then Greg responds, no, you weren't listening though. Again, nope, sorry. Your partner never gets to tell you what you're thinking or feeling and listening is definitely in this category. Because now he's established a power dynamic already where now she'll probably begin to believe like, oh shit, I wasn't listening. Ooh, maybe I'm not a good listener. Maybe I wasn't really listening to what he said. This distorts reality. And Katie further continues to spiral as she's trying to remember things as they happen. Now here, there's a bit more back and forth. I won't go into it. Katie's trying to remember what happened. Greg is laying into this idea that he gave her everything and he got nothing back. And then finally, he says he's done and he's going to leave the show. Greg says, it was never about a rose for me this week. Again, more gaslighting here. All of a sudden, he's not agreeing to the boundaries they both signed up for by being on the fucking bachelorette. Then he says, I was never asking for you to confess your love for me. All I was asking for was Katie. Now, this is distorting reality. This is also distorting something he said 10 minutes ago. 
Okay. He just told her he needed more. He needed to know where she was, what she was feeling. And now he's saying, I don't need to hear what you love me. All I was asking for was Katie. And so he's telling her now also that he thinks she's not being authentic. Again, no one gets to tell you that. No one gets to tell you when you aren't being yourself, when you aren't being authentic, because again, like, how do they know all the different aspects and, you know, personalities and characteristics that we, we all have. So again, she's probably questioning herself. Oh my gosh, am I not being authentic? Am I not being myself? And then Katie says, so this one time you think you didn't get me, you just want to be done. I love the statement that Katie says. It was the perfect thing to say because basically she's here. She's trying to take her power back. I think she's beginning to see what's going on here. And she's saying like, hold on a second. Let's say even if it was true, I wasn't being myself that one moment, all of a sudden it's done. So she's trying to, you know, make him account for the actions and the things that he's saying right now. And then Greg says, this one time, and now he's just making up stuff. Like, it was all about this one moment, this one moment. And then all of a sudden, this one time, like, that's not true. It's not just this one time. And Katie says, I, I don't, I understand. I'm I'm sorry. I. She's like, you know, she can't even say a full sentence because she's like, what the fuck, dude? It's not been this one time. Like, <laughs> I don't remember or I have no idea what you're talking about. So again, I know many of you listening didn't watch this season. And so you just have to take my word. Katie constantly reassured Greg at the whole season. And in fact, she was actually, she just had like this feeling that he was going to leave. And so she kept saying that and kept saying how much she liked the relationship and liked him and saw it going somewhere. So she was constantly giving him reassurance. Now you would have to watch the entire season to really see that. Again, you don't need to do that unless you really want to. But he is just like making up, he's literally just making up shit here. Like he's just saying things that just aren't true. Um, He is distorting reality here. And this is gaslighting her. And then he says, I told everyone in my family that you were the one and that I was going to marry you. And I felt it in my heart that I was so certain about you. And you think, you think I want to tell you this? This is withholding love. If there was truly love there, one incident, barring something truly egregious like murder, real love doesn't just dry up like that. It just doesn't. This is a power play. If someone is withholding love for you or ever has, please know that this wasn't or isn't love. You did not make that happen. You did not mess up. There was nothing wrong with you that made this happen. This is a power play and there was probably nothing you could do to prevent this person from playing this card. It's their own insecurities, their own voids that you were able to fill for a hot minute, and they want you to fill them again and again in just the way that they want you to, not in the way that you want to. So this goes on a bit. She even says, I feel so helpless, and that's because she is. He has all the power. He is gaslighting her big time. There is nothing she can do at this point. There is nothing she can say, nothing she can do that would make him, quote unquote, love her again because of the dynamic that he has set up. And even as the bachelorette, even as the one who is giving out the roses, who has all the so-called power, he was still able to manipulate her to where he really has the power in this situation. And it's truly gross. So now Katie's apologizing more. She doesn't even know what she's apologizing for. She just says, I'm just sorry that night went the way it did, but also I'm confused as to how one night can change everything. 
And again, I think she's beginning to kind of understand what's going on. But at the same time, she's just so hurt. And she really does want to get them back on track. But she knows that's probably not happening at this point. So there's more gaslighting, because he says, because that wasn't you anymore. It wasn't you. Again, no one gets to tell you what you're thinking or feeling or whether or not you're being quote unquote yourself. He leans into more accusations around that and she gets even more confused. And it just and it just goes on. And I'm not going to go too much into he said, she said anymore, because honestly, it would just be example over example of what I've already told you. I just want to emphasize again, like how upsetting this is. This is emotional abuse. This is manipulation. This is gaslighting. And the sick part about this is that he gets to get away with it because he's a white dude. And we see this story in so, so many different areas of of life. You know, women can't get away with being an emotional manipulator, you know, because like there's all these media stories about how Megan, quote unquote, stole Harry away from his family or Brittany broke Justin. I mean, come on, come on. So finally, Greg leaves, Katie runs after him and they have a final exchange where she begs him to stay. And she even says she feels like she's losing her mind. Again, gaslighting. Also, this scene, I don't know if it was set up, if Greg meant to do this, but he's sitting in a chair because he had just left the room and he's now somewhere on the hotel property. He's sitting in a chair and she's literally sitting down on the ground. So there's literally like that power dynamic, like physically now. And it's just, oh God, it's just so gross. Um, I'm not going to go into that exchange. You can watch it if you want. But basically, you know, she's just trying to get him to stay and saying, I'm so confused, but da 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 And this is just spun off as a hopeless romantic guy who got his heart broken because she didn't say I love you back. And that is just, that's just not what happened here. It's just not what happened. I want to take a quick pause here to remind you that if you haven't already, you've got to block out an hour on your calendar and check out my workshop, the five step strategy to banish anxiety and overwhelm in your love life. So you can attract a fulfilling partnership and live a life of purpose. It's completely free and in the workshop, I break down exactly why you're in the dating pattern you're in, how to take the confidence you feel in the rest of your life and apply it to your dating life, and so much more. If you like my style, philosophy, and how I coach women on the show, this workshop will help you get started in your own deep work. And for those of you who want to understand the why behind what I do on the show, I even dig a bit into the science of love so you can start to see real change in your own love life. It's really all my best work in one place and you can access it right now. I strongly believe you don't have to spend years in therapy or read every dating self-help book to dramatically transform your love life. Grab your seat over at veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop. And now back to the show. So to recap, yes, obviously, if you're beginning to question yourself, your intuition, your memory of events, your sanity, if you feel like you're losing your mind, you are probably being gaslit and you're probably being gaslit in some of the ways in which I've described in this episode. If you're at that point, you'll likely need some support to get out of the situation unless it's like a Greg and they leave and then that kind of just happens for you. But even so, I really recommend uh, working with someone at that point because um, it's not your fault. And, you know, I think victims of emotional abuse and I think even, you know, Katie later has an exchange with someone else in the show where she talks about, you know, where she, how she's feeling and everything, um, taking the blame like that, obviously it's not your fault and it can be really hard emotionally to work through that on your own to really see that, like, you know, there was some emotional manipulation and abuse going on here. So here are some behaviors 
to be weary of because once you get to the point where already you feel like you're insane, then it's not that you're a lost cause. You can't get out of it. It'll just be a little bit more difficult. But before you actually have been gaslit, there are some behaviors you can look out for and at least raise an eyebrow around or get out of the situation or the relationship if need be. So here are some behaviors. Someone who hasn't worked through old trauma and will only talk about it with you. Love bombing. So love bombing is just someone like be totally, totally in love with you and they don't even know you. It's really that they're in love with either A, you filling their void for them or B, they're in love with the idea of you. They answer your questions with questions. So remember at the beginning of the conversation with Greg and Katie that I broke down, she said something along the lines of like, you look nervous or seem nervous. And he was like, what do you mean? And there was a few other examples in their exchange where he did that. I didn't point them out because again, like it's just repetitive at this point. But if someone is answering your questions with questions, then they are deflecting from the real issue. And they're not actually being emotionally mature enough to actually say how they feel and then be clear and specific about what it is that they need from you. Another sign is they're telling you what you think or what you feel or if you're listening or if you're being a good person or not, No, or being yourself. No one gets to tell you that. No one gets to tell you what you think or what you feel. Now, what someone can say is, I feel hurt or I felt hurt when you didn't say I love you back because it, right? you can have a conversation around that, but like saying, well, you weren't being yourself. You weren't being authentic. No, that's a non-starter. Um, when they're doing any kind of withholding love or making love a condition on your actions, huge, huge red flag. So if you love me, you'll do this. Da, 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 da. There's an example of this. I'm watching 90 Day Fiance based on recommendations from my Instagram followers. So thank you very much. It's the best show ever. Well, maybe second best show ever after the show. <laughs> oh, man, I'm just kidding. Or am I? I don't even know at this point. Um, but basically, like there was one situation where he was like, the one of the in the couples, the man was like, if you love me, you'll come to Mexico, then we'll quarantine so you can come to the US. And you know, if you've seen that episode, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's just like, not a good situation. Um, if they're trivializing your emotions, so if they're saying, oh, you shouldn't feel like that, or don't feel like that, or making you feel wrong or bad for feeling how you feel, that's going to be another red flag. And then using boundaries that you've created or agreements that you've created previously against you. So in this example, you know, he's getting all pissed off at her for talking about the rose and how he's going to be getting a rose that week. And he's making it seem, you know, like, I don't care about the rose. I care about you. I care about the feelings. But like in the world of The Bachelor, like that's what the rose is. That's what it means. And so he's just using that against her as, again, a power play, a manipulative play so that he can have the storyline and really the power that he wants in, in this dynamic. So Look, these are some signs. I know there's probably others, but I just wanted to pull out some of the big things that I saw in this interaction and also that I just see a lot in in pop culture and and also just what I've noticed, you know, some clients go through based on the stories um, that they've that they shared with me. And if you are in a situation like this, I just really I send you lots and lots of love and compassion and support. And I know it's easy for me to say, you know, just be kind to yourself, be compassionate with yourself, be easy on yourself. But I know realistically, like that doesn't feel very possible for you. I just more than anything, just get support to get out of the relationship because it's not your fault. It's totally possible to get out of the relationship and it's not going to necessarily be easy, but it will be probably one of the most important things that you do. I do just want to say one quick thing, you know, like I hesitate to say like Greg's an abuser. I have no idea if this is a pattern of behavior. You know, I know that what they do to those people on the show is really messed up. 
I won't go into it because again, I don't want to be like all gossipy or whatever. But it certainly does make people act on their emotional edge. <laughs> so um, I, I have no idea if this is a pattern of behavior. I don't know if he truly is, you know, an abuser or if he's just, you know, again, like they put so much emotional pressure on people on The Bachelor and Bachelorette. And then that tied with, you know, I'm sure they're exploiting like the emotions he felt around his father's death. And by they, I mean the producers. So I don't know if it was just like a really bad kind of situation. I don't know if this is a pattern. So I, I don't want to call him an abuser. Just because you have been emotionally manipulated once by someone doesn't mean that that relationship is totally dead in the water, or that person is an abuser or a bad person. You know, it, it's, it's complicated. It's a spectrum. Obviously, like if it's more of the abuse around like Luke, um, if you do watch The Bachelorette and from Hannah's season, you know, that's a much more egregious uh, aggro form of emotional abuse for sure. This is definitely a lot less aggro, not saying it's okay or that, oh, they can work it out. Like, no, this relationship needs to end. And he was wrong. He was being, he was gaslighting here and gaslighting in my mind is a form of emotional abuse. But again, like, I, I don't want to say that you know, I'm, I'm not judging Greg as a person. I have no idea who he is. I only know from what the show has shown me. And the show is even trying to show me like some romantic dude, but I'm like, no, dude, I see right through that. So I just I just want to, to say that. Um, and I think the final thing I'll say is, you know, we've, um, I, I think that, and again, just because someone has emotionally manipulated in some way, or if you've even emotionally manipulated someone in some way, I, I think that's actually something, unfortunately, a lot of us have done, we may not always want to admit may not be the most comfortable thing to admit. But I think it's, you know, fairly common. But again, like, this is certainly a more egregious form of emotional manipulation that went straight, you know, all the way deep into into gaslighting. So, you know, while it's not okay to be emotionally manipulative, I think we have done it, you know, and, and other ways that it can happen is like, I don't know. I mean, I used to do this when I was little, because I think I was just really craving um, nurturing kind of love. Like I, used to like over and and kids do this, right? Like we used to over exaggerate, like how sick we were. Yeah, sometimes might just be the same from school. But sometimes just because we really wanted like, parents like full attention and like their nurturing kind of love, right? So that's, that's kind of not kind of but that is emotional manipulation. But like, we don't really think of that as abuse. So I just want to just highlight those differences uh, there. So anyways, I hope you love this episode. If you have thoughts or questions about it, um, let me know. Um, My DMs are always open. I'm Veronica E. Grant over on Instagram. If you watched the segment that I talked about first and then watched or listened to this, I'd be curious to know what your first impressions and if you caught some of the things that I talked about in this episode, I'm just kind of curious. So let me know over in the DMs. And if you want to talk more about the gossipy stuff around, I'm sure by the time this is released, we'll know who The Bachelor is. Um, the time I'm recording this, I'm recording this in late August. We do not know who The Bachelor is, although there are rumblings that it is indeed Greg, which is highly disturbing. I really hope that's not true, but um, have no idea. But if you do want to talk some Bachelor gossip, my DMs are always open. <laughs> Uh, there's so much Bachelor this year. Oh my God, I can't even, like, I need a break and I love it, but like, oh my God, I need a break. But if you want to talk about any of that kind of stuff, um, DMs, again, are always open. And um, just a reminder, my podcast tour is coming up. So basically the way it works is like Podcast A will release their show about feeling worthy and love on day one, then day two, Podcast B, and then day three, Podcast C. And at the end, you're going to have lots of new potential shows that you want to listen to. You'll get some great content all about feeling worthy and relationships from podcast hosts and experts that I really recommend and trust and trust in, you know, 
you their way. And it's just gonna be a really uh, fun time. I will not send you a daily email of all the podcasts that come out each day. Instead, I will send you a weekly recap of all the episodes that were released and then the link to go listen to them. So to sign up for the podcast tour, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash tour. And that way, you know, you can get the weekly recap. Um, I will send out the first episode on day one, because then you can follow along because day one will tell you where the next podcast is and day two will tell you the next podcast. So you can follow along um, that way if you want, but you'll get all the information that you need by signing up at veronicagrant.com forward slash pod tour. All right, my dear, I hope you love this episode. I will see you next week. And it's actually going to be a bonus episode. The time I'm recording this, I'm not 100% sure what it's going to be, although I have some ideas. Um, But it will be a bonus episode. It's the fifth Thursday of the month. So I will see you then. One more thing. You may be wondering, but Veronica, how do I start doing the deep work? I'm ready to make a shift. If that's you, I recommend you start with my totally free workshop, Five Steps to Ending Overwhelm and Anxiety in Dating. The good news is that you don't have to do all the things to find love. This workshop will walk you through the five big shifts that'll give you the biggest bang for your buck. You'll learn a step-by-step game plan to finally get unstuck and unblocked in love and end the cycle of dead-end relationships. You'll learn the number one reason most highly successful, motivated, and ambitious women struggle in love and what you can do to make sure it doesn't happen to you. You'll learn how to figure out the real reason you're attracting partners who aren't emotionally available or toxic or just simply not on your intellectual or emotional level. And you'll also learn the single most effective way to tap into the inner confidence you feel in your career and elsewhere in your life so that it'll carry over into your love life. And of course, a lot more. If you're ready to shift things in your life, I seriously can't wait for you to get your hands on this. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop to sign up. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find the show notes to this episode and all previous episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and take a moment to rate and review the show. It really helps. I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.